Today, we are going to continue, close out our series, and we're going to talk about the importance of and the importance of preparing for the end. Repeat this topic with me, please. Say courageously, courageously. Focused, focused on preparing, on preparing. For, the for the end. I've been talking to you about a man named Saul who was extremely unhealthy. He was disobedient, and he was off track, couldn't stay focused. God had a plan for his life. He made him king. Saul had a plan for his own life to kill David. Spent years, the first 10 plus years of his life chasing David. Amazing. David spent his 20s running from Saul. Imagine never being able to go home, never being able to hang with anybody, always having to live in the shadows, living in caves, living in the woods for fear of being killed by a man you admire, a man you wanted to serve. But because of his own jealousies and insecurities, he has to run. What's it like to be misunderstood? What's it like to be in a place where you just can't fix it? And there are times you can't. There are relationships you can't fix. There are people who will not like you no matter what you say or do. And it takes maturity to accept that. It takes maturity. And sometimes it has nothing to do with, with you. And that can be hard to understand, but it has nothing. I've seen this with women whose husbands are leave or wives, husbands whose wives leave, and it had zero to do with you. They, they'll say it did. You know, they'll list a couple of your flaws, but you can probably give them five more. The issue isn't that I'm not perfect. The issue is that from your perspective, because of your way of thinking, something that Caroline Leaf talks about, your customized way of thinking, the way you process things, people have to be like you to be liked by you. People have to think like you to be liked by you. And everybody that comes into your world, you judge them against your way of thinking. And so here you have Saul, a man who would not get on board no matter what. And so in chapter 31 of 1 Samuel, it all comes to an end. Everybody comes to a chapter 31. One day you will no longer be at that job. One day you won't have to worry about not liking that woman. She won't be in your life, either through death or through separation. One day, believe me, it all ends. Your power ends. Your ability to influence ends. At some point, you are no longer going to be the leader. That's why whenever I see all the fiasco around me politically, I go, well, it all ends. It has an end date, definitely. It can't go on forever. At some point, you have to be... um, at the very conclusion of an issue, you have to be there. You have to get there. If I can get the grammar right here. You have, to, you have to realize that. And so this sermon is about a man who did not, in my opinion, prepare properly for the end. The end of his life happened in a way it didn't have to happen. Notice with me a question that I want you to think about. And this question sets up the entire conversation. If you continue right now to live your life the way you're currently living, What will the end of your life look like? If you continue to live the way you're living today, eating the way you eat, resting the way you rest, spending the way you spend, working the way you work, if you and your husband continue to box the way you box verbally all the time, if you and your children continue this strife-driven week in, week out, you yelling at them, calling them names, where will this all end? Today... 
Henry Cloud said, may be the enemy of your tomorrow and your business and perhaps your life. The tomorrow that you desire and envision may never come to pass if you do not end some things you are doing today. For some people, that is clear and easy to execute. They end the things that are holding them back. For others, it is more difficult. This book is about that problem, he says, and how to get the results you desire by ending the things whose time has passed. The book is called Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. In your life, the enemy of your tomorrow may be today. What you are now doing today may become why you will have a hard time breathing tomorrow. I didn't say you go to hell for smoking. You just might get there faster if you're not careful. <laughs> or heaven faster, whichever place you're going. I don't know. Don't say he said I'm going to hell. I didn't say that. I said wherever you're going eternally, wherever you're going, this helps you get there faster. Every breath, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when you can't catch your breath, it's because of this decision. Today may be your enemy tomorrow. Today's trip to the mall be the enemy at the end of the month when you don't have your money to pay your responsibilities. The question is, do you have the courage to end it? Do you have the courage to say, this is something I can't continue to do if I want to have it tomorrow? Well, Saul was the guy who just couldn't get it right. In 1 Samuel chapter 31, verse 1 through 13, he finds himself in an interesting moment. He's in the fight of his life. He and his sons are cornered by the Philistines, and he has no David, our great warrior, to help him. And so his life now in chapter 31 is going to come tumbling down in these 13 verses. And I want you to think about this. Look at that verse 1, 1 Samuel 31. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel, what did they do? fled, they were running from the Philistines, and, they, and fell slain at Mount Gilboa. Then the Philistines followed hard after Saul and his sons, and the Philistines killed Jonathan, Abinadab, and Melchizedek, Saul's sons. Imagine that. You watch your sons be killed. Now watch verse 3, the battle became fierce against Saul. Now that they killed his sons, they're chasing him. And the Bible says that the archers hit him, and he was severely wounded by the archers. Imagine all of this, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's there and he's alone. No mighty men. He's king. And he's running with an armor bearer trying to escape. Watched his sons to be killed, and now there's no place to go. What is it like to lose a fight? What is it like to be at a moment in your life when you are losing and there is no hope? Chapter, chapter 31, verse 4. 
Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and thrust me through with it. Least these uncircumcised men come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore, Saul took a sword and fell on it. He kills himself. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died with him. So Saul, listen to this now, Saul and his three sons, his armor bearer, and all his men died together that same day. What's it like to be in a life-threatening moment, arrows flying at you, and you are running for your life? What's it like to see everybody who followed you die? What's it like to have your grandchildren follow your tradition? You drank to excess, they drug to excess. What's it like to see them go from relationship to relationship to relationship, strife to strife to strife? Tragedy to tragedy. And you just almost have to ask yourself, how did I get here? How did I get to this place in our life? How did our family get to this place? How did our end, how did we get to this end? How did this happen? How could a guy who was chosen by God in 1 Samuel 9, 27, he was handsome, 1 Samuel 9 and 2, he was made king. How could he end up killing himself? How do you end up in this place? Here's why. You ready? Because he refused. He refused. No, I'm not doing that. He refused to stay focused. This is my goal. I'm king. I don't need to be chasing David and doing all that. I need to be king. He wasn't healthy. He refused to be obedient. And so all of a sudden, when you look at this guy, you, you say to yourself, how did he get here? Well, that's the question that people ask when they meet us sometimes. They say, you know, I, I meet people, they come to the church first time, I never talk to them, and I'm going, how did you get here? You came to my, my life, you came into my life at 11.59 in yours. I meet you at 11.59. You've made all these choices, you've made all these decisions. Now, here's what's important about this conversation. Some of you are not at 11.59, you know, 12 midnight's too late, remember? Remember the lady with the golden slippers? Bing, right? You, you know, you, you're, at, you're, you're at about 9 o'clock. Some of you are a little earlier than that. You still got time. But, but, but at, you assume if you're not careful that, that your end will be great. And I want to ask you, where is the evidence that that's true? Where is the evidence that your relationship will not end up in a bad place if you don't stop and change today? Who's to say you won't be like all your friends, all the people you work with? Who's to say you're not going to be... I don't take for granted that I can't, I, I mean, I, I can mess up if I'm not careful. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's always on the doorstep. And so your question should be, how will my life end up if I stay on the same path? I was laughing this morning. I was sitting around the house. I was just kissing my, sitting in my look. Spot I got in my house, and I was just cracking up. Dad thought something was wrong. She said, what are you over there laughing for? So I started thinking about how, how if I, I, I got I to do something. I have to keep doing stuff. Everything around me, physically, is changing. Everything. Put your elbow down, that hurt. Oh, what's that? <laughs> I had that pain. What's, what's the little thing right there? What, you know what that is, right there. 
devil, what that do? Ow, ow. Point your finger, look crooked. That ain't straight. What happened? This be straight and that's crooked now. <laughs> Arthritis, awful. Woo. You, you just got to start, you all just got to send an email to get up. All right, knees, I'm getting up. What in the world? Just, and then they say no. You know, they send a, send a message back. Not yet. Take a minute. I'm on this real workout kick because I'm telling you, I'm, de- I'm, I'm determined. I'm saying this is terrible. This is awful. This is, I mean, it, it's so, it's, it's so, that's why I was sitting over there laughing. And she came and said, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm, so, I'm just having a thought, baby. I'm just thinking. I'm laughing at this, you know, stuff that, that never would hurt before. And see, when you're young, you don't believe it. You laugh and just eat anything. You know, when I go to the grocery store and I see people, they got 10 jugs of sodas. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, there go a death meal. That'll kill you. That'll kill you. That's, that's diabetes in a bottle. There you go. But <laughs> you're going to be getting the needle in a minute. What are you doing? I'm just I'm Now, I know, I know I can't be to prevent something bad from happening to you, so you go to extreme. Don't eat anything. So I know that's not going to work with me. I'm a carnivore. <laughs> I'm going to eat some meat. So I, gotta just, <laughs> I just got to work out. Smaller portions. You know what I'm saying? I got to try. But the point I'm getting to is I look. Here's what, here's what I don't mean any harm. Please don't, don't take this wrong. This is, this is what I was laughing about you know, today, last night. I look, I look at people, and I think, man, when you get to certain ages, oh, boy, downhill. You ever seen people your age in the scale? I was on the elevator with a guy. He told me he was younger than me. I went, oh, my God. I, did, I didn't want to. I was, I was paranoid. I was frozen. I mean, he looked like he was 20 years older than me. You, you, my, you my age. What in the way is this? I'm thinking, oh, please, God. Please. No, I'm serious. I've been praying, please, God. Please, Jesus, get a haircut. I got to do something. I got to do something. I got to keep myself up. I got to do something. I got to put some lotion on my feet. Everything turned into lizard feet. Turned in, I had to put something. You rub your heels. It feel like something's scraping, like a knife scraping you. I'm sorry. I'm not getting off. I'm telling the truth. I'm serious. You know, <laughs> lotion. Everybody said Lotion. I mean, I keep it right there. Right now, I keep lotion right there. <laughs> Christina kind of wicked. Christina said, Dad, let me see your hands. You can't go up there like that. Be waving your hands. But, you know, <laughs> that's a daughter for you, right? Come here. Come here. What you... Old are you? I'm sorry. Don't be talking to me like that. But, in, you know, there's this moment in your life where you say, if I continue to do what I'm doing now, how broke will I be? You ever seen those churches? I know I'm off. But you ever seen them churches? I got to get them. Those churches, they no young people. They all left. Somebody told me that they said, all the young people in my church left. We've been grieving ever since they left. I said, well, go get them. But, but you know what happens? You get old, and you can't hardly move. And then, you, you, then, then, you know, they don't want to come look at you, not move. And there's no energy. There's no strategy. Everything you build is for old people. You spend all your money on older people. All the positions they help, all the ushers are older people. 
all the camera people, older people, all the people who work down. Everybody's older people. And, in, and then you have a youth revival, and you only let old people talk at that. <laughs> and then when you have a youth revival, you have, I know I'm off, hang with me. And then you, you have a youth revival for young people, and you talk about the young people doing the youth revival. It goes kind of like this. Young people need God. Amen. See, I said, stop all that, yelling at them. Young people don't know what we came through. So in the youth revival, you preach against them. Yep. It's just sad. It's just sad. And, and, and I don't know. If it's almost like sometimes, you know, I think we need an awakening. Now, I, I know I'm way off, but I'm going to tell you what I did last night. This ain't, I'm off. I'm off. But I promise I'll finish. But let me tell you what happened. Last night, do you know what I did? Don't tell anybody. Raise your right hand. This between us? Some of you not putting your hand up because you said, I'm going to tell. Some of you said, no, I'm going to tell. I ain't going to lie in church. I'm going to tell. Whatever you say next, I'm going to put on the internet. His, his, his. You know what I was doing last night? I was dancing last night. I was, boy, you should have seen me. I was cutting a step. It was 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was jamming all over the place. I was, man, I was, I was, oh, boy, I was working it. And, and Diane was sleeping, and I was dancing all by. She didn't even see me. I was all in her face, you know. <laughs> Say, what music? None of your business. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I said, God, I got to keep moving, Jesus. I got to keep moving. I mean, it's, it's, it's tragic. Don't you see it? You're fussing every day. Don't you see it? Divorce is coming. Broke is com- broker is coming. Not broke. Broker is coming. Sicker is coming. I hate hurting. I hate it. I hate can't bend down, drop something, I just kick it, can't bend. I just hate all that. I don't want this to happen to me in Jesus' name. Can I tell you something else? I'm off. I'm going to just jump off the cliff. <laughs> I know I'm going back to school, right? You know I'm going back to school. You know, so I didn't get all accepted, you know, so I'm all in, you know. I'm in this doctoral program, right? So, so I got a master's, but we're going to get I have an honorary doctor, but I'm going to get an earned doctor. And it's only because of a, I have a reason. I'm not just doing it for a title. I have a business I'm getting ready to start. Don't tell me, don't ask me any questions. I got plans. Okay, next 36 months. I got, yeah, I do. I got a plan, girl. I'm working. Today. So, so I'm, <laughs> I'm recreating Ricky. So anyway, so I'm going to tell you, this is funny. This is true. Oh, you're going to love this. So I got my book list back first time. I got my little portal, you know, so I'm like, okay, got to go in three times a year. It's in Texas. I got to fly three times so, so I'm so, <laughs> I got my book list. That man put seven books on there. I just said, what in the world? Seven. And we got to have it done by February 15th. And we got, and, and then my syllabus hadn't come in yet. So, the, and I, so I read the last class syllabus and I said, oh, Jesus, all this work. You know what I thought to myself? One word came to my mind, run. <laughs> run. Honest to God, I'm telling the truth. Run, run. Everybody say run. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to bring you into this. I'm going to post all my books. I'm going to have a section at rickytemple.com, okay, under, under, res, under um, resources. There's a section now called Read with the Pastor. Below that, I'm going to put Doctoral Pro, um, Project. And you'll be able to go on and you'll be able to see all the books I'm reading in a particular class, the class name. I don't think I'm going to post my grades. I'm praying on that. <laughs> I'm praying on that. Y'all nosy people, you won't know all my business. But, but I'm going to bring you along with you. But what's funny is, I'm a, here's, here's the deal. The question is, 
if I look at my life, what am I going to be doing over the next 10 years? Anyway. So why don't I, why don't I just make space for something else? Here's what I've been saying. I'm, I'm so off. Help me, Jesus. You know, I tell people now, I got time. So I'm gonna say, I have time. I just don't have space. See, sometimes you, 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 you have time, but you, you fill your, your space up with stuff that's not helping you get to where you need to be. When I see all these jacked up old people, excuse me for a second, I'm sorry. Here's what I say to myself. I will be dancing. I'm going to do something so that when I get down here 10 years from now, I can say, I told y'all I wasn't going to be in that spot. I told you I'm not going to be that broke. Come on, say man. I mean that. I'm not. I am not. But here, here's what I wanted to pull you out of this. You keep praying for stuff that you're not willing to participate in. And here's what's funny. You know, so now that I've announced that I'm in this program, I can't get out because I got to get back up and tell y'all I quit. So I can't quit right now. I'm under pressure. You understand what I'm saying? But it's a good pressure. I'm excited about it. And I'm telling you, in so what, only 2% of people get this degree, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I'm determined in my life that I want something from me. I am 60 years old, and I'm not dead. I'm believing that God's hand is on my life. Come on, church, talk to me, somebody. All right, y'all know I got to get you out of here. I ain't got no more time. Stop clapping. That's it. <laughs> time is up. So Saul's kingdom falls. He commits suicide. And then under number two in your notes, his, his kingdom falls apart after he dies. After he dies, watch what happens in verse 7, 1 Samuel chapter 31, verse 7. When the men of Israel who were on the other side of the valley and those who were on the other side of the, of the Jordan saw that the men of Israel had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead. They forsook the cities. And what did they do? They fled. Everybody's running. And the Philistines came and dwelt in there. The Philistines came and dwelt in their houses. Imagine that. They're driving your car, wearing your clothes, all because you wouldn't obey God. That's what can happen to you. That's what can happen to us as a church. If enough of us get carnal, enough of us stop giving, enough of us stop serving, if enough of us, young people to leave the world, it just, it will all implode. You've seen it. You've seen companies lose everything because they won't do what's right. Pause for a second. How can you be so safe and close to God? I'm sorry, this may just not fit. And not walk 20 minutes three times a week. Help me get that but you can talk on the phone for an hour and a half. I don't understand that. Here's what that says. Your priorities are in the wrong place. You're not focused. And at some point in your life, the end will not be what you want. And then you pray these amazing prayers. Oh, God, how did I get here? You, just, you don't know. Play back the tape. Back it up. <laughs> and this really gets me. Saul is humiliated in death. Will your name be humiliated after death? Verse 9, this is awful. They cut off his head. They found him laying there, right? They stripped, his, stripped, stripped him of his armor and sent word throughout all the land of the Philistines to proclaim the temple of their idols and among the people. Then they put his armor in the temple of, of their god, Asherah, and they, they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshem. Verse 12, all the valiant men arose when they heard about this. They traveled all night, took the body of Saul, and, and they took his body, they buried it, and it was horrible, horrible. All that happened. You know why? Because he ran out of time. 
Who do you know that has run out of time, run out of options? It, it, it's, it can happen. I want to believe that Ricky Temple's special. I really do. I want to believe that I get a pass. I want to believe that I can, I'm unique. But if I continue to do what I'm doing today, where will I be? You're living in the house with your parents and you're rude. You're living in your house with your parents and you're cussing them out. Listen, listen. You're living for free. This is free. It won't come again. Go move in with your friend. I'm going to Bobby's house. Go live with Bobby. Bobby, go live with Bobby and Bobby Mama. Go live with Bobby and Bobby Mama. Hey, Bobby Mama going to be fine. Oh, your wicked mother. I can't believe your wicked mommy. You're wicked. But don't worry. Oh, about a week. And you start eating up everything in the house. <laughs> Bobby Mama going to say, uh, honey, uh, you need a little job or something to help with the groceries. You find out this is not your mama. You can go hang out and do what you want. If you keep on having babies, you keep on. I'm not, I'm not putting you down because everybody in here can relate to you. That's why I don't, I don't look. When people get pregnant, I don't get, I don't look. Because here's my, here's my story. Let me help you forever. If you got pregnant every time you blank, how many babies would you have? Thank you. <laughs> just fill in the blanks. You don't have a right to judge. You, you, just, you just didn't, it wasn't the right season. <laughs> Read into that if you want to. That's why you got by more times or you used some special things that stopped you from being obvious that you were doing things that you shouldn't have been doing. So I don't judge people. I don't get down on people. My mother had me out of wedlock. Pause. I turned out okay. She lost her options in life. She dropped out of college. I became her life. You can can make it. I'm glad I'm alive. I'm glad I had a life. But you listen to me. I'm so sorry she had to lose all her life options because of decisions. If you continue to do what you're doing now, what will you envy? Well, let me flip it real quick. There could have been a different ending if Saul had made a different choice. I call this the, the last opportunity, the loss of the final opportunity. Saul was given one more chance to change shortly before his death. First Samuel chapter 26. You can read it on your own. David heard that Saul was coming in town. Let me paraphrase it. And he said, hey, I heard Saul was coming around. And so David was still running from Saul. So he snuck, he snuck up and kind of spied out where his camp was. And when David saw him, David decided, I think so does his mighty man. Who will go with me to the Saul, the camp of Saul? Now, this is just a David moment. So he sneaks into the camp, and they're all asleep. And he stands over Saul. And the Bible says in chapter 26 of 1 Samuel that the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on them. They wouldn't wake up. They couldn't wake up. 
And he took Saul's spear, and he took Saul's helmet, and he gets back across the way and yells, Hey, Saul! And he yells at him. Now, this is a final moment. Saul doesn't know this. Neither does David. The decision he's going to make in this conversation will determine his outcome. Everybody comes to one of these moments. It's the last conversation to save your marriage. It's the last one to save your job. It's the last one to save your life in some cases. Here's what it said. 1 Samuel chapter, 30, 20, chapter 31 verse, I'm sorry, chapter 26 verse 17. Then Saul knew David's voice and said, is that your voice, my son David? David said, it is my voice. Listen to how he addresses him. My Lord, O king. Now, he could have said, you rotten rat fink, yes, yeah, me with your ugly self chasing me for 10 years. What's your problem? He could have had attitude. Watch what, look, look at the respect. This is why, I, whether you agree with people or not, you got to respect leadership. There's a way you, you address it. There's a way, I don't care, don't let people drag you to stuff. You stay, you stay, you stay where you need to stay. You see my hands high, don't you? Okay, look, watch, watch this. Verse 18. He said, why does my Lord thus pursue his servant? Why are you chasing me? What have I done? Or what, what evil is in my hand? So now, do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea. It's like you're chasing a, a partridge or a bird in the mountains. Tell me why you're doing this. Saul says, watch this now. He's going to lie again. I have sinned. Return, my son, David, for I will harm you no more. Because of my life, because my life was precious in your eyes this day, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. Now you think, oh boy, what a great speech, but he's lying. And David's not stupid. David's like, I'm not coming over there. Time I get over there, you're gonna kill me. I'm not coming over there. Now, now, now you understand, this is this is where he could have, this is the moment. When you read chapter 31. And you see the end of his life is just a few chapters away, a few days away. This was his final opportunity. What you don't want to miss is this opportunity. And that's why you should hear God now because you never know when you're there. Watch what happens. Verse 24, David's final words to Saul. This is it. Last conversation, last words. This is what he says to him. Verse 24 of chapter 26 of 1 Samuel. And indeed, as your life was valued, much this day in my eyes. So let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Last words. I just want to live, Saul. I don't want to be in strife. And Saul said to David, may you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went on his way. And Saul returned to his place, and Saul missed the chance he had. Will you? Are you more like David, or are you like Saul? Is this the last sermon you're going to hear that will prevent you from going to jail? Is this your last opportunity? Are we at the end? Of the warnings. Sometimes a doctor will see a patient come into the office. 
and they've been there time and time again. And the doctor said, well, I hate to tell you this. What we talked about is here now. Now we're going to have to change your diet, and you can eat almost nothing but grass. He refused to... um, refuse to do right so sorry to tell you that um, you no longer work here I want you to pack up your bags I know you're close to retirement but we've talked about this you can't talk to clients that way and um, I'm so sorry honey we've been together for a very long time but striking me last night was the last time girl, I really want to be with you. But you told me you're going to kill me. And I believe you. (laughs) You cussed me out in front of my children. Called me all kind of awful names. Talked about my mother, my sister. You hate my church. You hate me. So I'm going to free you from all that bondage. What the Bible says. I don't know, but I know what I say. It's time to go now, like Gladys Knight. <laughs> we'll figure out what the Bible says later. People get to that place, you know. You, you can end up in that place. Father, help us today. Help us to hear your word and help us to prepare for a better ending. In Jesus' name. Now, let me just tell you this before I leave. The only way that's going to happen is you're willing to do something. Put everything down for a second. Okay? I need you to stand on your feet. Because I want to tell you something. One one last thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to have to pray for it and let you go home. In order for that to happen, in order for you to stay focused, you're going to have to be willing to fight. And you're going to have to fight for what really matters. Now, we've had a long year of conversations. It's time for you to say these are the things that really matter, and you've got to fight for them. You're not going to change anything without a fight. You're not going to change anything without being determined. You're going to have to limit the space. You have time, but you don't have space for all that anymore because this is a different you. For overcoming by faith to go to the next level of his life as a church, we have to fight. We have to fight forward financially, fight emotionally, fight mentally. We have to make sure we stay together relationally. We have to be clear about our priorities. And it starts with you being clear about yours in your personal life. And so I'm starting a new series next week called Courageously Fighting for What Really Matters. Come on, say it with me, please. Come on. Courageously Fighting for What Really Matters. And here's what I want you to ask yourself. There's three questions. You ready? What are you willing to deny yourself? That's where the fight starts, with you saying no to you, not to somebody else. What responsibility are you willing to carry? What cross will you carry? There's no way forward for you without having something that's not pleasant in your life. And thirdly, who will you follow? Who are you willing to submit to? 
Who will you let be a voice in your life? Somebody called me the other day within Christ as a leader. And he said, you know why I didn't call you now? To now, Pastor Rick, he said, because I didn't want to hear what you had to say. He said, but I'm in a bad place. I need you to talk to me. And I know you're going to tell me the truth. And there's a moment in your life when you need to say, God, bring somebody in my life that can guide me to a better way of thinking. My customized way of thinking isn't working. And it's taking me in a bad direction. So if you're ready to fight with me, I want you to raise your fists up, not your hands, your fists. Father, we lift our fists up to you and we declare we're ready to fight. We're going to fight for what we want. We're going to fight for a better life, fight for balance, fight for strength, fight for unity. And we declare, Lord God, that we're going to be courageous in this fight. We're not running. We're not backing down. We're going to let you hurt us a little bit, challenge us a little bit. But we believe in the end we're going to have victory. And we know that you're victorious in our lives. And we trust you in Jesus' name. Now with every hand down, every head bowed. For some of you, the question today is, do your life with Jesus, that's where the fight starts. Right now, you're in the first fight. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Savior, but I need him in my life. That's my first step. It's to say, I don't have the answers. I don't know how to be perfect, but I know I need God. Where I've been living, the way I've been living, I need a change. With every head bowed for your privacy, I want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. Say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I need to start a walk with God. Who am I talking to today? Who would say, pray for me, Pastor? My life needs a new direction. I need to start a life with Jesus today. Anyone at all, just raise your hand high and put it right back down. Say, that's me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I see you. Anybody else saying, pray for me. Just put it right back down. Some of you are raising your hands. Some are raising your hearts. All hands lifted. Father, we pray for everyone in this room and everyone who's watching who would say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Let this be the beginning of a new life for them. We thank you. We praise you for the blessings of God upon their life. May this be that moment that their lives change forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Can we give God a big shout and a big hand clap? Can we do it? Say, Father, we thank you today.